Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black Mike podcast with me, Aaron Stokes. And I'm joined this morning by John Gibson as we look ahead to the clash with Leeds on New Year's Eve. Plenty to talk about over the Christmas period and so much so that Andrew Musgrove, the usual podcast host, he's had to take a couple of days holiday such as the excitement of the Boxing Day win. But not to worry, it's me and Gibble here today. We've got plenty to look back on. As always, if you're listening to this on our usual podcast channels, please remember to subscribe and hit that like button. Gibble, firstly, did you have a good Christmas, first and foremost? I had an absolutely wonderful Christmas. It was topped off brilliantly by NUFC. Um, well, that's the thing. I think a lot of people have said that the Boxing Day win really did round off that Christmas and to win in such a fashion at the King Power Stadium as well. Well, um, terrific, because I honestly believe this would be a tricky game. I mean, prior to the long break, Leicester had turned their season round, having been atrocious at the beginning of the season. They'd start to get wins, they'd settled down, their good players were starting to come to the fore, and I thought this was going to be tricky. Then when I got the team sheet, I thought it was going to be even trickier. Because we're used with Callum Wilson pulling out with an injury, but it was an illness this time. And I thought, can the bloke get anything else? Has you know, has he uh, done anything to black cats or whatever? Uh, and of course, Shelby, who wasn't going to start, was going to be a bench. But yet another bloke. I mean, that guy hasn't started a league game this season. Um, so the Wilson injury with Isaac not ready to come back yet. Looked a real tough blow for us, uh, but turned out, I mean, we actually blew them away. It was terrific. I mean, I couldn't believe the start. One up 90 seconds, three up by half an hour. I mean, it was game over. With the defence Newcastle have got, I mean, it was game over after 90 seconds, really, with the defence Newcastle's got. Um and Because now, the out and out, the meanest defence in the Premier League, they were linked with Arsenal, but I kept saying, well, they're better. they've got a better record than Arsenal because they've played a game extra for the 11 goals they've conceded. But then again, Arsenal went and conceded, as we know, when they beat West Ham. So it, it, they stand alone. It was wonderful to watch. I mean, it was so professional. The high press was terrific. There was a very quick second press. They played at a high tempo. They actually blew them away, got the lead, and then game management. They didn't have to go on and score another three goals in the second half. They just had to control Leicester in the day comfortably. It was very, very impressive, I felt. They did blow them away, and I think what sums it up is one of my good friends was at his mother-in-law's. He raced back for the game. He got there 10 minutes late at 10 past three, and he'd only missed the first two goals. So he was caring <laughs> a bit about that. But look, they did. And and I think the big thing for me was during the World Cup break, one of these big questions was, is the momentum going to be ruined? Sure. You know, they were so good going at that World Cup break. And, you know, 
They were a little bit sluggish against Bournemouth in the cup game and in Balacano in the friendly as well. But any doubts about whether Newcastle can keep this run of form going was, you know, those doubts were removed after about six or seven minutes at the King Power, weren't they? I mean, it, it's been quite stunning when we think about it, Alan. I mean, quite, quite stunning. From second bottom of the league, the second top, now third top. Uh, but, I mean, it's been phenomenal. Uh, you look at the record, they've, they've had six Premier League wins in a row, eight wins in a row all in with the League Cup. That is sensational, eight wins in a row. They're unbeaten in 13, one defeat all season in 19 games. Who would have thought that? I mean, that's beyond all expectations. We knew we weren't going to face a relegation fight. Um, but it was how high up the league can we go? And everybody's going from 11 to 10. And if we get lucky, we'll be seven. And it's still a fight. It's still a scrap to finish in the top four for the Champions League. Of course it is. We're not that stupid. I mean, Liverpool aren't taking it lying down. And I think everybody won at the top bar. Spurs, didn't they? He'll come from two down for a 2-2 two, two draw. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to be a big run, but isn't it fabulous? I mean, we've talked, we are talking about the fight for the top four. It used to be a fight to keep out the bottom four. Mm-hmm. Um, so the turnaround is nothing short of sensational. And I mean, you look at all the improvements, and the biggest one, Aaron, I guess, is Joe Linden because it involved a change in position. I mean, I know he's playing wide left now, but he's mm-hmm. become a centre midfield player, having been a centre forward, a very average centre forward to a sensational centre midfield player. But you look at Almiron. I mean, you know, another goal. He went through them like a knife through butter, mm-hmm. ran past them all and passed the ball into the net, didn't blaze it. He has now got this season nine goals in 16 games to score nine goals Previously for Newcastle, it took him 110 games. Mm-hmm. He's done it in 16 this time. It took him 110 last time. Uh, so there is a phenomenal change in the person. And that was another of my questions. When I was wondering, like you, um, whether they would take the form into the restart, I wondered whether he would or whether the break would come at the wrong time for Miggy mm-hmm. and he would still buzz round like a fly because he's done that all his life. Mm-hmm. But would he score again? Would he get back into that groove? And he did magnificently. 9 and 16 is absolutely phenomenal um, when you think it took him 110 before that. <laughs> but it was great. Leicester was was very uplifting. And I think just on, just on Almiron, you know, a lot of people who watched that Bournemouth game on the Wednesday and saw him miss from six yards and, you know, yep. thought it's the Miggy of old and, oh, you know, have we sort of, have we seen the best of Miggy and, and he's going to go back to sort of revert to type. I remember being on a podcast for you a couple of months ago and you said he needs to prove he's not a flash in the pan. He needs to prove Correct. he can do this over a season. And look, it's still early days. I know he's he's had a fantastic first half of the season, but it, the onus is really on him now to have a good last five months because you just know when the summer window comes around, there'll be a lot of wingers linked as they always are. And Miggy yeah. needs to make sure he stamps down his place in this team, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, his position, we forget, Aaron, his position in the summer was one Newcastle were looking to strengthen. Yeah. They were looking for a wide right attacking player. 
and it was only Miggy's pre-season form that thought, well, wait a minute, you know, let's switch our priorities. It's maybe this guy's got a chance. Um, and he's grasped it with both hands. But great goal scorers, you know, do it season after season after yeah. season after yeah. season. They don't do it game after game. Uh, and that's not having a go at Miggy. I'm thrilled to bits and you can't think of a nicer guy. I mean, he smiled when he had nothing to smile about. Now he has got something to smile about. Um, but you wonder, and I admit it, because we're so pleased he's what he's done, but we're so we're worried about Miggy going back to the old Miggy in the way we're worried about Wilson getting injured. Uh, and then he doesn't, he gets ill. But um, the, the thing with Miggy, it, I'll admit, it crossed my mind when I saw him against Bournemouth in the League Cup. I thought he, he buzzed, 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 but I thought he looked like the old Miggy when it come to finishing. And I thought, this is a one-off, yeah, you know, there's been a break, let's hope. But, you know, I was getting twitchy and so to, to see him score like that in about the first 10 minutes or so uh, was absolutely magnificent because that is that is the finish of a goal scorer in a finish of a man at the top of his confidence. And that's a difference. That is the difference. The utter belief he has in himself that's been put there by Eddie Howe and the coaching staff. Yeah, it, it, it does look like a player full of confidence. And I think he is one of those players that needs to be in that groove, doesn't he? He needs to have that confidence totally. thrown through him. He's one of those players. Another player who is, is trying to get amongst the goals and trying to build that confidence is Chris Woods. Now, you've already touched on it. When that team sheet came out, I mean, me and Andrew... Did exchange a couple of texts to say, you know, where on earth is Callum Wilson? And, yeah. you know, a lot of people looked at that team sheet and thought, Chris Wood, okay, it's not as strong as we could have gone. He's not scoring too many from open play, but he's scoring big goals. He's learning how to play in this system. Do you think he's doing enough to sort of extend his stay to the summer at least? Great question. Um he is one of the best penalty takers I've seen. Yeah. And one of the most average finishers in open play I've seen at Premier League level, I'm talking about. Um, and he did exactly what I would have expected him to do at, at Leicester. Mm -hmm. If we get a penalty, it's in the net. Yeah. Now, you know what staggers me is that good strikers can get a twitch on penalties especially if there's a little bit of time between the penalty being awarded because they're looking at VAR and actually taking it. You know, you get a twitch. Were we a great striker, Harry Kane, missed a second penalty with England and you almost felt he could when you watched him because he'd already scored one. Where do I put this one, etc., etc., etc. A great, great, great striker missed a penalty. When we got a penalty, I knew Woodward scored. What I don't know is why, when he's so ice cold on a penalty and he can block out all the thoughts, that he, he, his blood boils when he gets an open chance, an open play, and he knocks it. He doesn't knock it narrowly wide. He knocks it about 12 foot over the bar. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be too critical, but you've asked the question, and my answer is, have him on the field when we get penalties. But I do, what he does well in open play is that he's a worker, he'll press, he'll keep going, he'll run the channels, he's decent in the air. But he's one-paced, he's got a poor touch, 
And he does it. You know how we're saying Miggy Elman looked so confident when he scored? I don't think Chris looks confident when it's when the ball's coming across an open play and a shot's on, he doesn't look confident. He looks to me as if he'll miss. And he then he does. Mm-hmm. And so whether you know this magic stardust that uh, Eddie Howe carries about in his back pocket, if Eddie Howe can turn Chris Wood into a 15-goal a season man mind, then he is the miracle worker of all miracle workers <laughs> so um no i mean i've i think that that uh wood will leave us with very grateful thanks maybe in the summer you've got to bear in mind there's a 60 million pound bloke who was bought to play center forward although he can play somewhere else mm-hmm. to play center forward when wilson's out he's at which is why i don't think we'll buy a center forward in january because Isaac was bought to play centre forward when yeah. when Wood's not there, and then fit him in elsewhere when Wood is there. Bearing in mind you've got Isaac and you've got um, and you've got Callum Wilson. I think come the summer, because Eddie's wonderful. It term players have got no future in selling them in the place, being totally grateful and saying what a wonderful manager Eddie is. It's incredible, isn't it? Which is yeah. wonderful. That's great. And I think he'll tell him that he's a, a terrific player. He's third centre forward now, etc. etc. At this stage of your career, you must play. I don't want to hold you back, so we'll let you go. And off he'll go and he'll he'll play somewhere else. Um long term unless he wants to sit in the queue and i don't think newcastle will have too long a queue because they don't need a long queue no i don't think he's got a, a future in him but i was half grateful for the job he did when he come on Leicester. i never fancied him in open play mm-hmm. oh, i fancied him on the penalty but i didn't fancy him in open play and i think if you put your hand on your heart you'd fancy him on a penalty but you wouldn't fancy him on open play yeah uh, I, 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 would, I would agree him. with that i, I think finish. i think you're you're you know, he keeps scoring from the spot. He, as you say, he's looking, he looks like Shearer-esque from the penalty spot. He looks like he's never going to miss. There's no messing about with his penalties. But as you say, it just doesn't seem to be transcending into that confidence that he needs when he's playing as the out-and-out number nine. And I think it's good to see that he's still getting amongst the goals. And he's, as you say, he presses from the front a lot. And he offers a lot to this team when they're not in possession. But you just want to see a little bit more from him, don't you, in front of goal and a little bit more confidence, which... If we are going to be second top or third top or in the top four, we've got to have a, a better backup centre forward than Chris mm-hmm. Woodman. And mm-hmm. by the way, he will send you a message at the end of this podcast asking if you can clip that little bit out and keep in his scrapbook where you said he's Alan Shearer-esque. <laughs> because that, he'll never have had a great... Uh, compliment in his life and he'll never get a greater compliment in the future mind you alan shearer will sue but that's a different matter <laughs> well chris if you are listening to this podcast get in touch <laughs> and i'll um i'll send you that clip so you can stick it in your scrapbook and alan if you're listening i do apologize <laughs> we'll move swiftly on so let's look at leeds <laughs> on new year's eve it's a game where look newcastle have had a couple of extra days rest as opposed to leeds who obviously had um you know, quite a tricky game against Manchester City last night. Jesse Mars, the manager, has already came out and said, you know, he's a bit unhappy at sort of their recovery time. For Newcastle, though, it's a big, big opportunity to keep that pressure on, isn't it? You, you would fancy them in their current form 
to deal with Leeds at home quite comfortably, wouldn't you? Oh, without a shadow of doubt. I mean, uh, Jesse Marsh, instead of worrying about the recovery time, ought to be worrying about his team. The two points off relegation have that bad recovery time all season. Every game they've had, like, they're only two points off relegation. Um, you know, I think he's got greater worries in his recovery time. The biggest worry is coming up here. Uh, because if you play Man City, the, the next game you, you want is not Newcastle United away. Mm-hmm. Most sides, not just Leeds. But no, you've. I mean, you've. Leeds were second best all over the park um, against Man City. Most sides are, in all fairness. Mm-hmm. But away from home, you know, people keep saying to me, Leeds, and they do, they're kamikaze pilots, aren't they? They, they, they play... You know, charge down the pitch, yeah. very quick, fast attacks, like we'll do you. But, you know, they get burnt because they're not good enough to play that way. Um, and they've lost people that helped them play that way, like Karen Phillips and, and Bamford, etc., uh, etc. Et Harrison is not quite the man he was. But, and you know... They can be difficult to play with because the bomb, bomb, bomb. And occasionally it goes right for them. But a lot of the time they get their fingers burned through doing that. And mm-hmm. while we may wish to point out that the danger of Leeds is that they went to Liverpool and won 2 1, mm-hmm. which they did, but they've lost five out of the seven on the road. That, that's a one off. They've lost five out of seven on the road. And they're coming up here against the meanest defence, a team that's lost one in 19 all season and a team that's won eight on the bounce. Would you fancy yourself? Not really. <laughs> uh, and I don't fancy them either. Um, I think it's a very, very good game for, for Newcastle to end the calendar year on. Um, and all things being equal, there's only two things can stop Newcastle winning. One is complacency, which I don't think Eddie Howe would allow. You know, oh, look at our record. This We've just got to turn out at three o'clock and by quarter five, we've won. Mm-hmm. No. Complacency or huge bad luck. You know, two on goals let in, off the backside, player sent off, etc., etc. I think it takes something like that for Newcastle not to win. But, um, yeah, uh, and then, of course, comes the belly. The does of the game, the one that really defines everything, 1v3 against Arsenal on January the 3rd. Well, that's a perfect segue to the next question that I was going to ask you, and that is, you've got this game at home where you're massively favourites against Leeds. As I've said, they haven't had too much rest time after Manchester City. If you're Eddie Howe, do you go full strength at Leeds and risk potentially you know, burnout or losing a player for the Arsenal game, or do you tinker a bit and sort of make a few changes for the Leeds game with Arsenal in mind just a few days later? No, I go full strength because I go full strength and hammer them and run up goals against them. Mm-hmm. Because it's no good saving yourself for Arsenal if you end up with a draw against Leeds. Mm-hmm. Pretty waste of pretty wasteful, isn't it? <laughs> I'd worry about Arsenal when it comes along. This Newcastle side is more than capable of doing its job and doing its job regularly. In the old days, you know. We'll play three. We'll have to get used to playing three games a week also coming because we're going to qualify for Europe. Sure, sure. Yeah. We're going to play three games a week all next season. And we can't start resting players and all. You play your best side in the next game because if you don't 
because if you're talking about the title, and I can't believe I'm saying this <laughs> after last season, but if you're talking about the top four, then you beat Leeds at home. You can't, because we're playing catch-up, you've got to remember that one... Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We're playing catch-up. Two of the sides around us are absolutely terrific. And so are we, but we've got to keep it like that. And see, we have played more games than two or three of the sides that's around us. You know, they've got games in hand when you look. Yeah. All we do is look at the right-hand column, which is the points, and we are third. If you look at the left-hand column, a couple of the teams at the top have got games in hand. Now, you know the difference between last season and this season. Last season, when we won, you could jump up the table because everybody about you was losing because we're at the bottom. Mm-hmm. When you're at the top and you win, so does everybody else. Mm-hmm. There was only Spurs that haven't won over this weekend because that's the difference of the rarefied air. Um, and so we've got to go and beat Leeds. Then we'll worry about Arsenal. But we'll beat Leeds first. Because if we don't beat Leeds, if they get a draw, or heaven forbid, they did to us what they did to Liverpool, then Arsenal's a whole new ball game. Beat they, Leeds first they, and then look at Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it, it's something that you touched on earlier in the pod and, and that was about the expectations. And obviously at the start of the season, as you said, you know, some fans would have taken top half, some would have chopped your hand off for top eight or Europe. They're third in the Premier League, almost at the halfway stage. For you now, what should the target be for Newcastle United? Eddie Howe, of course, isn't going to cover publicly you know, come out and say what he thinks it is, but the goalposts have admittedly been moved. So is it now top four? Do they need to just be going gung-ho for the title? Or do you still think a top seven finish is, you know, a, a, a realistic aim for them this season? Yeah, well, well, first and foremost, the target has got to be first. It doesn't mean you've got to get it, but Shy Ben's getting out. If, mm-hmm. if you start talking to the players about... Being a top four side, which is phenomenal, <laughs> then you, you're putting doubt in. We we the league table tells us in our record of one defeat in nineteen this season, all competitions tells us we were contender for the top of the table. So the aim has got to be that. But if we finish in the top four, that's phenomenal because I tell you what, we look at it. And we'll look at the sides beneath us. I think Spurs are a bit iffy. You can see Spurs not making the top four because they drop too many points. They start a lot of games too slowly, etc., etc. But Man U's got over their, their hiccup and they've got rid of the fly in the ointment, which was Cristiano Ronaldo at this stage of his career. <clears throat> but Liverpool are going to come strong. Chelsea are going to be better than they were. And, you know, it, it's like, you can hear the hooves behind you, can't you? As this gallop starts, it isn't going to be easy. 
But I think we can, I mean, the top six would be sensational. The top four is a definite possibility. I mean, it is realistic. I think one, if I whisper it, is unrealistic. Um, <laughs> but that doesn't mean, as I said, you shouldn't shoot for it. You should. But not by going gung-ho. We mm. don't go gung-ho. That's why mm. we've got the best defence in, in the Premier League. We're shrewd. We do it properly. We do, we're not defensive. We score a pile of goals. But we're not, we don't open the back door mm -hmm. and go charging down the field. That's what Leeds do. That is kamikaze. And that's what they do. And that's why they're where they are in the league. We aren't going home. Uh, but we should aim for top realistically. Which means, yeah. that, you know, if you don't get it, you, you'll wake up in the top four, won't you? If you've been aimed for, that's the way to do it. I think, honestly, to get top, um, you know, you've not only got to win at Arsenal, but they've got to stop dropping. They're doing what we're doing with a bit more flourish. Mm -hmm. they're, they're not following and then do you write off Man City this is a big month for them they're playing everybody aren't they in yeah. this month you know they've got some big games but you dare write off Man City I don't think anybody did um, yeah so you know I would aim for top but realistically not expect it yeah and think that you realistically can get in the if we're in the Champions League next season you would be nipping yourself, I'll be nipping yourself, and every 52,000 Geordies will have red marks where they've been nipping themselves. There's no question about that. Yeah, I think you're spot on. And I mean, it was something me and Andrew touched on the podcast on, on uh, the day after Boxing Day where Eddie Howe will be telling his players, I'm sure, that they can go and win something this season. As you say, they've proved it. They've beaten the likes of Tottenham. You know, they've taken points off Manchester United and... Manchester City, they've proven this season that they can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with anyone. So I, yeah, so I do agree that I think how will be telling his players that they can aim for the title. And I think they're in with a shot, definitely. I think it's going to be a big ask to, you know, reverse that point swing with Arsenal. But as you say, win on January the 3rd and all of a sudden that changes. Manchester City have got seven games in January. So I think in a month's time we'll know more. But I think... They're in a very, very luxurious position to, yeah, to really be in the shout of, you know, finishing the top four. Never mind finishing, you know, close to the title. And by the way, just to to set a realistic point of view, if we beat Leeds as I expect, now supposing we lose at Arsenal with dignity, you know, we we, we don't get our backside taken out. It's no more the five nils and the four nils that we used to know. Mm -hmm. We lose with pride and dignity and a bit of bad luck. Just supposing that happens. It's not the end of the world. Not the end of our world. Not with the way we've gone. It would be two defeats in 21 then. If it happens. If it mm -hmm. happens. And I'm mm -hmm. not suggesting it. But what comes after Arsenal? Two Cups. We can be in the semi-final of the League Cup. We can win that. We're in the semi-final of the League Cup. We can beat a League One side in the FA Cup. Then in the league, we've got Fulham home, Palace away, West Ham home and Bournemouth away. We're going nowhere. With mm -hmm. games like that, we'll be getting points again and we'll be back on the trail. If yeah. we get, if we win at Arsenal, it will be truly sensation and anything can happen. If we draw at Arsenal, it'll be absolutely wonderful because it's a terrific result. But if we lose, 
with dignity than with two cups to come immediately. Fulham, Palace, West Ham and Bournemouth in the lead. We're still batting strong. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it is not all or nothing on on uh, January the 3rd. Yeah. Uh, it's hugely important, but it's not all or nothing. Yeah, just channel the words of Kevin Keegan. We're still fighting for this title, even if they lose with dignity. And I would love it, love it, of course. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Gibbo, just before you get you, we'll get you to go. This is obviously the last time you're going to be on the podcast in 2022. So next time you speak to you, the transfer window will be open. We've already touched on it a bit on this podcast. You don't think they need to go out and buy a striker because obviously Isaac's coming back. Where do you think sort of the priority lies in terms of bringing someone in next month? Good question. I don't think, I think rightly, uh, Aaron, as we've said, I don't think it is with a centre-forward, although so many people would love a centre-forward, and I can see why they would, mm -hmm. um, because we're still in a situation where when Callum Wilson's out, what on earth happens? Because we've almost forgotten we've got Isaac. But he's almost like a £60 million January signing, isn't he? Yeah. He's only played three games, so when he comes back in January, he's virtually a new signing. So he's the centre-forward signing that we all want. Um, I think they'll buy a right-back, but I think it'll be a young one. Mm -hmm. um, they, they will understudy Trippier and will be in his early 20s. Um, and we'll be able to dip in the first team. I know we've got Kraft, but he's out for quite a while and they're, they're looking more long-term than what he is. Uh, and Manquillo isn't going to be part of the the long-term future. So I think they'll buy a young right-back in his early 20s um, to, to sort of back Trippier, who's truly magnificent. And I think the priority will probably be a midfielder. Um, and, you know, they, they could take two. They could take a defensive midfielder to sit and they could take a, an attacking midfielder. But I think the priority will be midfield. With, with a, a cover right back of genuine uh, quality in class. And of course, the need for that midfield has been emphasised by yet another injury to Shelby, who, quite frankly, is at the stage of, you know, the jury's out and he splits opinion on whether he's terrific because of his long range passing or whether he's one paced dinosaur because mm -hmm. things have passed him by. That doesn't matter at the moment. He's out for another long while. He hasn't started a Premier League game this season because of fitness. Um, so he emphasises the need for midfield. Yes, Willock and Longstaff have done terrific. Bruno, you don't even have to mention because he's just 12 out of 10 every week. Mm -hmm. uh, the other two lads have done terrific. But I don't think we leave the cover at that without Shelby. Uh, I think we wanted a defensive midfield player anyway and a playmaker. So I think midfield will be where we're looking in the main with a cover right back as well. Yeah, I would I would agree with you. I think obviously that, that knock to Shelby, it's a big blow for him, but it does leave them slightly short for the next couple of yeah. months. You know, yeah. regular listeners of this podcast know that I've been banging the drum for a backup right back for a couple of months now because every time Trippier hits the ground on the deck, I'm like... Please oh. get up and skate. <laughs> well, him and Callum Wilson have were twitching like a fried egg every time they go on the field because we, every time they, they fall on the backside, we think, oh, dear me, there we go. I mean, Trippie is phenomenal, isn't he? He's wonderful. But, I mean, uh, you know, we can go along and say that about so many. In 2022, are there any better performers anywhere in the country 
then Trippier, then Botman, then Bruno, uh, then Meggy Almiron, then Joe Linton. I mean, they're as good as anybody anyway. Yeah. They really, really are. And that's a joy to be able to say. And I haven't mentioned Dan Byrne and, and, and others that can uh, justifiably get a, a, a good mention. Um, did we ever think we'd name half a dozen Newcastle players as some of the best in the country a year ago, I mean, and that it wouldn't include San Maximum? Yeah. Mm, very How good times point. change? I know. And, I mean, Miggy Almron over St. Maximum would have raised a lot well, of five cups as well. It's a nonsense, but it's true, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But Joe what... Linton as a midfielder would have been laughed about when he was a struggling centre-forward. Mm-hmm. Well, let's hope we're sat here in 12 months' time saying the exact same thing about another 60 Cassie United players there, but time yeah, time. Yeah, uh, they'll beat Leeds um, 3-0. 3-0, well, that's a very bold prediction. I, I hope that comes true. I'm going to go for 2-0. I think it'll be comfortable, but not to underestimate Leeds and what they're like on the counter-attack. Well, Gibbo, thank you very much for joining me. You've been a pleasure as always. Thank you to everyone who's listened. And as always, please do subscribe to everything is Black and White podcast if you haven't already. We'll have another podcast tomorrow with our Leeds United writer, Baron Cross, to get all the info about what Leeds will bring on Saturday. Let's hope for Newcastle United win to round out 2022. Gibbo, as ever, thank you very much. And thank you very much for listening. Not at all. Absolutely delighted. Have a happy new year to all the fans. I know I'm going to have. And keep the faith for the second half of the season. We'll be there.